I want to welcome you to our Bible study this evening, and I want to encourage you to have your Bibles and to join me in Proverbs chapter 6. Now, I want to continue in our Bible study, Fighting Fire. We began and laid the foundation for our study in James' classic discourse on the tongue in James chapter 3, where he's preaching and he's addressing a sin that we all battle, our speech, and he's confrontational, and it's been very helpful. But to expand our understanding, I want to move through a further study on our speech, our tongue, our words, and help to understand that throughout Scripture, this battle is addressed. And in Proverbs chapter 6, we come across an explicit passage of Scripture. It arrests our attention. We read this beginning in verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate. That arrests our attention. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. So we're about to list things that we know the Lord hates. That we know that he considers an abomination. We should pay attention. Now, I want you to pick up on something as I read this. He hates. It is an abomination to the Lord, a proud look. Notice what comes second. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, an heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. These six things the Lord hates. He considers these things an abomination. Three out of the seven that are listed that God hates, that he considers an abomination, have to do with the tongue. He considers these things morally repulsive. These are abominable to him. Now you think to yourself, like I do as a student of the Bible, does that mean these are the worst sins of all time? Whenever you see that Hebrew phrase, six, yea, seven, it's kind of communicating this is not an exhaustive list. All sin is is an abomination to God. All sin is against the holiness of God. But this is expressing in specific that God sees these things as sin that perhaps we would not otherwise note as sin. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 2, Solomon says, "...the tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of the fools poureth out foolishness. Now, when I read that verse, I note that he's talking about two types of people. He's talking about wise people and he's talking about fools. And he's declaring unto us that the way that the wise person declares their wisdom and the fool declares their foolishness, the way you can tell whether someone is wise or a fool is by what comes out of their mouth. And we have just read three of the seven things that the Lord hates and considers an abomination are having to do with our speech. I want to do a little walk through this. I would say this is maybe a 
concordance-style walk that any student of the Bible could do, where we're just going to highlight the words that we speak according to the Scripture. The Bible tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we know that the tongue is powerful. James illustrated that vividly. It's like a fire. It's a destructive thing. And so we know there are two types of words that can come out of our mouth. And this may sound strong, but there are death words and there are life words because death and life are in the power of the tongue. And I want to just do a walk through scripture with death words and life words. And we'll begin right where we started in Proverbs chapter 6 with these death words. Out of the mouth of fools poureth foolishness. What does that look like? What kind of words, practically speaking, according to the scripture, should I avoid? Well, here we know this. A lying tongue is something that the Lord hates. He considers it morally repulsive. It is an abomination unto him. A lying tongue. Now, stop, because the fact is, we're all liars. Because we are of our father, the devil, who is the father of lies. That's what John eight forty four tells us. To lie is to mirror Satan himself, who is the father of lies. And interestingly, in John chapter 14, when Jesus is addressing the disciples and he's comforting them, in response to a question, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The devil is the father of lies, and Jesus, one of his names, is the truth. So the fact is, we are never more like the devil than when we lie and show his character trait, and we're never more like Christ than when we tell the truth and reveal his character trait. A lying tongue is something that we should avoid. A believer cannot be any more like Christ than when they are speaking the truth. Put away from you, Proverbs 4.24 says, a froward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Run away from lies. Run away from being dishonest. Run away from falsehoods. And stop and consider, I'm not saying you just simply twist a story and tell an outright lie. The fact is, a lot of us maybe are a little bit of truth stretchers. Maybe when we tell a story, we embellish the facts. Maybe we manipulate our actions in hindsight to other people. Maybe we tell little tiny white lies or we fudge just a little bit when we're working on the paper or we're in the office or whatever it may be. A lying tongue is something that the Lord hates, not just the big ones, even the little tiny ones. Let your yea be yea and your nay, nay. Be a truth teller. Second thing we note in scripture is death words are words of deceit flattery. Maybe we just combine the two. It's deceitful flattery. It's a little bit different than the lying tongue. It's a bit of a nuance. Certainly it's covered in there, but let me add to this. In Proverbs twenty seventeen, bread of deceit is sweet to a man, but afterwards his mouth shall be filled with gravel. 
Proverbs 28:23 He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with his tongue. Deceit is sweet. That's what he says. Flattery is easier than confrontation. What are we to avoid when we talk about deceitful flattery? Well, flattery is an insincere compliment. Flattery is used and it's designed to carry out maybe action or you're looking for a favor or you're looking to get something in return. And so you have deceitful motives when you say kind things. You just outright are untruthful. You embellish. You hope to gain something. The difference between affirmation and flattery really boils down to motive. What are you trying to get? The Lord hates a lying tongue and some of the words of death that we can speak, words of insincerity or deceitful flattery. We're going to stay right in this. A false witness that speaketh lies. It's another subset. This is something that God hates. This is something that is morally repulsive. Perhaps it's a further subset, but we have to understand this. The desire of a man is his kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. That's what Solomon said in Proverbs 26, 28. A lying tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Here, a false witness that speaketh lies, it conjures up the image of a witness in a courtroom. Someone who must swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. God hates it when we don't do that. It is an abomination, lies, deceitful flattery, a false witness that speaks lies or embellishes or tries to twist and mangle is death words, gossip and slander fit into the category of death words. Proverbs 6 verse 12, a naughty person, a wicked man. Walketh with a froward mouth, he winketh with his eyes, he speaketh with his feet, he teacheth with his fingers. Frowardness is in his heart, he deviseth mischief, continually he soweth discord. Proverbs ten eighteen, He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander is a fool. Now, we're going to tie, this is all tied together. These are death words, deceitful flattery. He's hiding hatred with lying lips. That's a fool. Somebody that utters an outright slander. That's a fool. These things have to be corrected. Proverbs 18, 7. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer. There's the gossip. The words of a talebearer are as wounds. They go down into the innermost part of the belly. Death words. Now, I could ask this. Who hasn't been hurt by gossip? Who hasn't been gossiped about? I mean, we're living life. We're giving people all the ammunition they need to say stuff about us just by being us. But maybe we ask the question further, not just who hasn't been hurt by gossip, who hasn't participated in gossip? Who hasn't participated in slander? Do you comprehend the damage that it does? The wounds go down into the innermost part of the belly. Man, that is a grievous injury. 
That is a mortal wound. These are death words. These are sowers of discord. They're dishonest. They say one thing, but they wink with their eye. They teach with their finger. They talk with their feet. They hide hatred with lying lips. There's manipulation and coercion all throughout this. It feels ugly. It feels slimy. The words of a talebearer. All of this is is death words, death verbiage. It's a savage sin. One wrote this, It's such a savage sin and is usually easily identifiable by the hearer and easily excused as helpful by the speaker. This leads to that thing that we hate. Sometimes gossip is packaged in a way as this is really helpful. When the speaker's sharing it, I just need you to be aware of this. Sometimes we're super spiritual about it. I would like you to pray about this. And our motivation isn't for somebody to pray. Sometimes it is. I'm not saying we're all bad, but that's the content of this. Death words. We're trying to just communicate. Communicate. Gossip. Talk. Twist. Manipulate. Mangle. It's terrible. Sowers of discord. Now, I've already touched on this, even within gossip and slander, but we're back now in Proverbs chapter 6, death words. Here's something that the Lord hates. Here's something that he considers an abomination. It's morally repulsive, a sower of discord. The Lord hates anyone that sows discord among brethren, gets into a family and starts to sow seeds of discord. And it is absolutely applicable to the tongue. It is what we are sowing with. We sow with our words. Sowing seeds of discord. Trying to engender division. The Lord hates that. He considers that abominable. It's death verbiage. If we really use New Testament language concerning the church, where the church is identified as a building, it's depicted as a bride, it certainly is depicted as a family, brothers and sisters in Christ. The Lord hates. He considers it an abomination when someone seeks to divide the church, to separate the brothers and sisters in Christ. We can either sow seeds that bring blessing or we can sow seeds of discord. And we ought not take lightly the intentional discord sowing in a family or in the Lord's house. Words bring a harvest. In fact, Psalm 126, 6 says this, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. We understand words of blessing, words that communicate the gospel, bring a harvest. So do death words. What do you have left in your wake? Repaired or destroyed relationships? Peace or conflict? Rest or agitation? These are indicators of whether we have death words or life words. The Lord hates one who sows discord among the brethren. This is an outright sin. But not only that, angry words. That's one of the ways that we can use our tongues. 
I'm going to include several passages of Scripture. And again, this is all stuff that anybody can do. We're just kind of concordance style walking through words and our tongue. But I think this deepens our biblical understanding of what I mean when I say angry words, these words of death. Proverbs 14, 16, and 17 says, A wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth. And is confident. Get this. Listen in. Proverbs 14, 17. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. How does our anger come out? Well, certainly our anger can be visible with clenched fists or a clenched mouth or a red face. The fact is our words are what is indicated when he says, the fool rageth. It's volcanic activity coming out of the fool. Angry words are death words. Proverbs 17, 14 says this, The beginning of strife is as when one letteth out water. Therefore, leave off contention before it be meddled with. It's like turning on or turning off a spigot. And our words have the capacity to make it a gusher or to shut it down. Proverbs 18.6 A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calleth for strokes. His mouth calleth for strokes. His lips enter into contention. He's argumentative. It comes off of him. His words, his tone, his spirit is angry. Death words. Proverbs 22, verses 24 and 25. This is straight advice. It's a mandate. It's a command. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man thou shalt not go. Lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. That's strong. How do I know someone's an angry person? Listen to their words. They have angry words. They're words of death. And the Bible says openly, this is advice to wise people. Make no friendship with an angry man. Why? Because there's danger that you will learn his ways. You'll begin to pick up that habit. You'll begin to pick up that way of speaking. With a furious man, don't even go. Angry words are dangerous words. We've got to rein this in and change it. Proverbs 25, 15. By long forbearing is a prince persuaded and a soft tongue breaketh the bone, highlighting the difference between angry words and, and life-giving soft words. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in until afterwards. I'm angry, I had to say it. I saw it needed to be said. Somebody had to say it. It doesn't always have to be you. The Bible says plainly, a fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. A little more on that in a moment. A fool answereth before he hears a matter. Sometimes you've got to let things play out before you speak your mind. Let a little time pass. Proverbs 29, 22, An angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgressions. An angry man stirs up strife. They're not even looking for peace. They're looking for conflict. Their mouth enters into contention. They're looking for a fight. They want other people punished. 
They want to draw blood. They want to see it. It's from the inside of them coming to the outside. Now, I don't simply mean a differing of opinions. I don't mean constructive confrontation that at times must take place, or even strong words like often we see within Scripture. I'm talking about that antagonizing venom. I'm talking about those angry, raging words that are intended to hurt. Those are death words. Boasting. Now, of course, we understand this. The Lord started in Proverbs 6 with a proud look, a look of condescension. Boasting is an offshoot of that. It's somebody who speaks too highly of themselves, their own accomplishments. They focus only on themselves. They're boasters. They're boasters. It's actually possible to boast, according to this, without even speaking a single word with a proud look. It's a superior attitude. Maybe you think you've got a higher level of spirituality than other people and you look down on them. Maybe you have more liberty and freedom in Christ and you look down on those that you think are bound to ceremony and bound to standards. Maybe you have a lot of money and you look down on people who have less than you. Maybe you have a simple lifestyle and you look down on those who are materialistic. Really, this hits at every level. But the fact remains that we cannot boast. Proverbs 26, 12. Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There's more hope of a fool than of him. Convinced in their rightness and in others' wrongness with, by the way, a perverted, a twisted, a mangled view of themselves. No true filter on themselves. No capacity to assess themselves because of Pride, Proverbs 27, 2. Let another man praise thee, and not thine own mouth. A stranger, and not thine own lips. You don't have to trumpet your own goodness. and Let another person do that. Boasting is death words. Verbosity. Just talking and talking. You say, now, pastor, be careful. We're looking at you on the other side of that camera, and we're pointing at you. Shut it down. Verbosity. Just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. We all have a little bit of that problem. Not everybody. Some people by personality are more quiet people. But they can be very forward in opining on all matters. Proverbs 10.8, the wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. Wise men hear... More than they speak, Spurgeon said, and are willing to listen to instruction. But foolish persons talk on till they seal their own condemnation. Another way of saying that, as you've probably heard, is it's better to, be, to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak up and remove all doubt. Perhaps there's no more clear passage of Scripture against letting all our mind be known on all matters than Proverbs 10:19, when we read, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Listen, I'm going to talk to all of us. We all talk too much. Stand in a circle and we feel like we've got to interject. People need to know our thoughts. Well, we've got an opinion on everything. We've got an opinion on everything from the weather to politics to mathematics we got an opinion on how people raise their car, what car, our kids, what car they drive, what house they live in, and where they moved, how long they should work, and what they should do. We opine, 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 opine. In the multitude of words, there wanted not sin. In this world with social media and cell phones and 
Twitter and Instagram and every kind of app out there where we can communicate. We just talk too much. Too many words are out there. We live in danger of sinning because of it. Proverbs 17, 27 says this, He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is is esteemed a man of understanding. We should just say less than we say. We don't have to be heard on every subject. Talking a lot, saying a little. Feeling compelled to comment on anything and everything. And as one wrote, for all of their talking, they remain hard of hearing. Albert Einstein said this, If A equals success in life, I'm sorry, if A is success in life, then A equals X plus Y plus Z. So X plus Y plus Z equals success in life. Here it is. X, he said, is work. Y, he said, is play. And Z, he said, is keeping your mouth shut. Learn to work with your own hands. Learn to mind your own business. Learn to stay quiet. This is death words. Now you say you're going to leave us on a negative note. We're going to come back, certainly. There are life words. And we'll look at how we can use our tongue in that productive way. But we should assess ourselves. Practically speaking, that's all we've done. Walk through a list of things. And three of the seven things that the Lord hates and considers an abomination have to do with our tongue. This is such a serious matter. You can't wait till tomorrow to work on this. You got to start tonight. Start now. Heavenly Father, thank you for the truth of your word, how practical it is, how all through scripture we see teaching on our words. Lord, help us to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. We ask for your help in this very matter tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening this week to the Graceway Baptist Church podcast. For more information about our church and our ministries, head on over to our website at gracewaycharlotte.org. We are a church located in South Charlotte. We are growing and our ministries are doing big things for Christ. If you're looking for a way to get plugged into what we're doing, email us at info at gracewaycharlotte.org. Also, stay in the loop with everything happening by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is Graceway Charlotte. Thanks again for listening to the Graceway Charlotte podcast. We'll see you next week.